0: Holy Spirit working in us, we continue to walk with you, we continue to reflect your glory, reflect your goodness. We're grateful today that you're working in us. We're we're grateful that you're finishing what you started. (laughs) We're glad to belong to you. We're glad to be your kids. We're glad to bear the mark of your identity and the DNA of your nature. We shout blessings over your people. We shout goodness over your people today, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, 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 amen. We have got, uh, we've got, we're in our red letter revival season, and we can't let the red letter revival season go uh, without giving away a couple shirts. We got to give away a shirt today. So, uh, uh, um. I'm thinking I'm I'm thinking of something. I'm thinking of something. Who's serving in kids' ministry in second service? Whoa, right here. Yeah. All right, good. There's one. Uh yeah. Who's serving on the ushering team, Second Service? Anybody? <laughs> Who's serving uh on the parking lot team, Second Service? Yeah? There you go. There you go, there you go. Come on, give him a hand. Let's look to the screens. We got announcements for you this morning.
1: Good morning, my New Horizon beautiful people and welcome to New Horizon. If you're new, my name is Frank. My name is Kylie. So first off, I wanna thank you and welcome all of you to New Horizon on this wonderful Red Letter Day. If it is your first time, please make sure to go to the Connect Center. We have some awesome gifts for all you newcomers, as well as in the back for $10, we have these awesome Red Letter Revival shirts that will be available for purchase. Also, for Mother's Day, we have an awesome women's celebration for all of you guys on May 12th. So be sure to be here, be here for this Mother's Day celebration. Mm-hmm.
2: And Father's Day car show on June 16th. Food, cars, and prizes. Everything a man could ever want.
1: What else do you have Amen. to say? What else do you have to say? Nothing. Be here. be here. Okay, we always have new exciting events here for you guys. Make sure to check out our website, which will be shown right here on the bottom, right here. Make sure to check it out and go on our events page and check out all the awesome events we have for you guys. We are happy that you are joining us, and now you
2: are in the know.
1: And we'll see you guys next
2: week. See you next week.
1: Amen. Great team. Happy Easter. Y'all are looking so nice. I think my most favorite thing about Easter, besides the fact that the Lord rose from the dead and conquered the enemy and all of the amazing stuff, especially of what we're going to see for the rest of today. But my other most favorite thing is all the little girls in their dresses. Aren't they just the cutest things? I absolutely love them. How many of you have... uh, plans for the afternoon fun times happening and i'm really proud of y'all for coming out so early you know uh, we're not used to doing the nine o'clock thing so this is really great and uh, we've been having such full services that we wanted to do two on easter so that we didn't totally overwhelm everything here at the church and uh, so you guys are awesome in a little while we're going to have some baptisms so that's my other most favorite thing about easter and uh, god is just going to be so good to us here this morning amen Amen. But before that, we're going to get into the word. So uh, welcome, though. If you, this is your first time here at New Horizon, we just love you. And uh, we think you're awesome. Yesterday, we had an amazing, unamazing uh, candy hunt here at the church. Place was packed. The sun was out. Everybody say hello. That was amazing. How many? I cannot tell you how many times we were talking and reminiscing how many times we've done the candy hunt in the pouring rain. And, you know, we have all the party stuff set up and everybody's just standing there going, please give us candy and get out of here. So finally we're like, go for it. Just get the candy and get out of here (laughs) because it would just be so pouring down rain. But last night or yesterday, nope, it was sunny and gorgeous and we had a great time with the community and just loving on them and God is good, amen amen so let's uh, let's get into the word father in jesus name lord god i just ask you here today to be a part of our time lord jesus uh, you know what in all honesty we are being a part of your time in jesus name this is your day this is your day and we are gathering here to be with you and god i just pray right now that your word would be strong and powerful and and yet tender and gentle lord god i pray that you would move our hearts in jesus name Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, we are in the middle of our Red Letter revival. And today, being Easter, we call it the Red Letter Day. Because uh, this really, truly was a day of great rejoicing and a very important part of uh, the life and times of Jesus. Amen. So uh, we've been we've been going for two weeks and uh, we really have you know I've stated before that the life of Jesus, Jesus Christ is by far the most influential and controversial human being to ever walk the face of the earth and Betty agree with me even to this day he divides humanity. He is the defining dividing concept and uh, it's just it's pretty incredible who this Jesus is and I think we can safely say that more books have been written more songs have been sung and more art has been uh, created around the life of Jesus than any other human being any other human being I think that the country western uh, song uh, theme of her and she might come in a close second at times because that's all they sing about is her and she. Have you ever noticed that? You listen to those country western songs and it's she broke my heart and she, you know. There's a lot of them, but I'm telling you what. There's far more songs written about the Lord Jesus Christ. There's far more books written about him. There's far more. He is the defining uh, person in humanity, amen? he is. John 1 1 we opened up a couple of weeks with this uh, a couple of weeks ago and I'm just going to read it to you. Jesus and this is the beginning of the gospel of John and this gives us a good direction as to who he is. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning and then down at uh, verse 14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only who came from the father full of grace grace and truth. Jesus is the word. Jesus is God's word to you. Jesus is God's message to you. His life and his words, everything is the father's message to humanity. It's very interesting that the, the only thing, the only thing that can change a stranger into a friend is communication. Have you ever noticed that? That's the only way we can change a stranger into a friend. And a stranger is someone who brings about suspicion and, and wondering. Have you ever walked down a dark street at night and somebody's around you and you don't know who they are? And they're a stranger. Do you, do you feel all nice and cozy and comfortable? Or are you a little nervous? A little nervous. Strangers. We don't know them. We don't understand them. But when we sit down and have a conversation, when we hear what's going on inside of their hearts and their heads, and we hear their, their um, communication, all of a sudden that stranger can turn into a friend within just a few minutes. This is why God sent his son as the word. He no longer wanted to be strangers with us. He no longer wanted there to be any kind of separation between him and us. No suspicion, no wonderings. And how many people do you know when you bring up the concept of God, they're suspicious? There's a little bit of what? I don't know, you know, how could, how could a God, you know, because they don't understand. There's misunderstanding there. But when you study the life and time of Jesus Christ, what you're hearing is communication from God. And all of a sudden, now what is stranger becomes friend. And that's the life of Jesus. Now, um, last week, we learned quite a bit about his ministry by his first words of ministry. And this week, we're going to fast forward. We're going to go through his final words of ministry as he hung on the cross. In the weeks to come, we're going to do everything that was in between. So you got to come back, right? Because you got to hear some more about who God is and who Jesus is and what his communication is and all of that. But today is Easter, so we're going to fast forward to the end of his life. And I'm going to bring it. He had seven things to say on the cross. And those seven sayings of Jesus on the cross reveal God's heart. They are God's message to you. And here today, as we go through these things, it's my goal that we would erase any bit of stranger between you and the Father. That we would erase any kind of misgivings or misunderstandings. And that you would truly understand God's heart. Amen? Are you ready? Okay, so let's set the stage. Jesus is born. He grows up for about 30 years, that, the, that time frame. We don't know a whole lot about his life, but we do know that he grew in the fear and admonition of the Lord and grew in stature and all sorts of, I can't remember the verse, but it's a good one. And I'm getting it mixed up, so I'm not going to keep going on that one. But you know what I'm talking about. He grew up, and at at the age of 30, he inaugurated his ministry times. And for three years, he walked the face of the earth. He walked all around, and he spoke, and he healed, and he he reached out, and he gathered the children, and he spoke against everything that was wrong, and he loved, and he touched the untouchable. He lived the life of, of God here on earth. And he started to create, there was tension in, in, in Jerusalem because, you know, they, they were under the auspices of the Roman government and, and they were oppressed people. And, and there was always turmoil in Jerusalem. I read a book about that thick of the history of Jerusalem. I was amazed at how much turmoil that one city has endured throughout the years. And this was no, no different. There was turmoil in the city. There was tension and there was this man walking around healing people and, and blowing everybody's minds out of the healing lepers, open blind eyes. It was causing trouble. Causing trouble. And it came to the point where the chief priests and the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the whole nine yards of the religious sector had had enough. Enough. The threat of their kingdom falling to this kingdom of heaven that this this man kept preaching about was too much for them. And the spirit of religion rose up and became more and more vehemently against this one man. To the point that at the end of of the Passover celebration, Jesus and his disciples left the last supper there and went to prayer. And one of his friends came, planted a kiss right here. And that was the signal for the soldiers to arrest him, to take him away. They took him away, and that whole night was spent... On trial it was a fake trial it was a, they worked really hard to try to get two witnesses to have the same witness against him but they couldn't seem to find anyone to agree about anything that was wrong with this man but they still hated him so much they kept pushing for it finally they drug him to pilot pilot said I what there's nothing here they called in Herod what there's nothing here they mocked him they didn't know what to do with him but they knew they needed to destroy him finally pilot brings him before the people of Jerusalem Jerusalem. Jerusalem and says what should I do shall I give you Jesus or shall I give you this evil criminal over here Barabbas and the crowds yelled Jesus give us Jesus or kill Jesus give us Barabbas they took Jesus they put a robe on him and mocked him they flogged him they shoved a crown of thorns on his head his disciples scattered Finally, by the next morning, at the third hour, which is really nine o'clock in the morning for us, they took Jesus and they laid him on a cross and they nailed three nails into his body, one, two, and three. And they raised that that cross up and put it down into into the ground and they crucified him. It was quite a time. There were many people around and, and so much was going on and there was just chaos and craziness. Jesus was in extreme amounts of pain. He has been, he has been falsely accused. He has been flogged. He has been gone through probably the worst 24 hours that, that you could imagine. And now he's on the cross looking at his crowd, the crowd that was standing there watching. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He could have said anything. I don't know about you, but I think I would have said something different. I would have said, Father, stop this. Father, come and help me. Father, get him. This ain't right, daddy. Daddy. Come save me, Daddy. I think some of us might have more foul language on our tongues at that moment. Some of us, you know, when you, you, you smash your finger, sometimes things want to pop out that isn't supposed to pop out. So I'm thinking, you know, other things would be popping out at that point. If, if Amen? But his words are, Father, Daddy, forgive them. The heart of God is speaking through Jesus right now. And he is telling you, he is telling us, he's telling me that there is nothing you can do that he does not yearn to forgive. There's not one thing that you can do that he does not yearn to forgive. There's not one thing, there's nothing so bad that he would look to you and go, nah, that one's a little over over the top. That one's a little much. But yet we have it in our minds that the Father could never forgive that. Amen? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, the chosen one, Soldiers also came up and mocked him, and they offered him wine and said, You are the king. If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice written above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly for what we are getting, but what our deeds are deserving. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise saying number two of him on the cross. What Jesus is saying and what this whole picture is right now is here's Jesus on the cross for the salvation of mankind and on one side of him was one type of humanity and on the other side was another type of humanity. The one side over here was the humanity that continued even to the point of death, raising their fist to God and saying, I don't want you. Who are you? I have nothing to do with you. The hardness of the heart of humanity. And yet on the other side stood the rest of humanity that said, Father God, oh I know who you are. I know who you are, Jesus. And if you would remember me when you come into the kingdom, let me join you there. This was a picture of humanity, a a picture of the world, even as we stand. This is a picture of us even today. And Jesus' words today you will be with me in paradise tells me that he is faithful and just to forgive every sin and to bring everyone who is willing to yield their hearts to him, who is willing to yield their lives to him at any moment at any given time, even hanging on a cross for their sins that they had committed to, against society. He is willing the heart of God through the words of Jesus. If you read a little farther down, we find Jesus then shortly, a little bit later. I'll read, uh, this is out of John. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother and his mother's sisters, Mary, the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, This is Jesus speaking. Dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his house. So what does the heart of God come through with this? This tells me that even as Jesus was hanging on the cross, his incredible desire for the individual and at this point, it's believed that Jesus' father, Joseph, had passed away and that that left Mary now as a widow. And now with her son dying on the cross, her future was dim. Her future was not good. Women who were widowed and, and had no family, no sons, they were left destitute. And Jesus, hanging on that cross with enough pain to bear within him his own self, saw his mother and cared about. The widow. This tells me that the heart of God is for the individual. The heart of God is always for those who are in need. Always. So Jesus was crucified about nine in the the morning at the third hour, they call it. And he hung there. And for those three hours, we don't have a lot more in the word about what was going on. But we do know that at the uh, sixth hour, which would be at noon, the sun went black. Total darkness covered the earth. Can you imagine the, the place is crazy as it is. There's just been crucifixions and, and the city is tumultuous and crazy things are going on. And all of a sudden across the face of the earth really is what they say. And there are reports in history books about all across the Mediterranean, a time where the sun went black. And during that time, great agony on the cross and so from 12 to 3 o'clock from the sixth hour to the ninth hour there was darkness And we know on the the cross, in the midst of crucifixion, those, those victims had to, they were hung up so high and their bodies were slumped, they would have to push up for every single breath and then drop. It was a long and torturous death. It could last for hours and hours, sometimes up to 24 hours, depending on how strong that victim was. But it was a torturous, long, evil death. So we know that Jesus was in the midst of this six hours into this evil with the jeering and the hatred Jesus cries out and he cries out my God my God why hast thou forsaken me no longer is he crying out Abba now it's God I wanna read something to you. Up until this point, the narrative of the crucifixion has focused on the physical sufferings of Jesus. The flogging, the crown of thorns, the cross. Six hours have now passed since the nails were driven home. The crowds have jeered, the darkness has covered the land, and now comes this anguished cry from the depths of our Savior's soul. Jesus did not merely feel forsaken, he was forsaken. Not only by his disciples, but by God himself. As he cried out, God closed his ears. Why? Why? Why have you forsaken me? Why? Jesus calls out, why? How many times have we asked, why? There was no, uh, as the crowds jeered, the demons taunted, the pain unabated, everything bespoke the anger of God. There was no countering voice from heaven to remind him that he was the son of God. There was no dove coming down to reassure him of the spirit's presence and no angel appearing at this point to strengthen him. At this point, he doesn't use Abba to address his heavenly father. No, now it is only Elohim, God Almighty, God All-Holy, God the creator and the judge of the universe, Elohim. And Jesus is before him now, not any longer as the beloved son, but as the sin of the world. The Bible says that as he hung on the cross, he became sin. He became all sin, all rebellion, all anger, all lust, all of every evil thing that is out there that the enemy has been able to bring into the human race. Jesus became that. This is what was going on during those hours of darkness. Even the sun couldn't shine. Now, absolute and total sin stood before the absolute integrity and perfection of Elohim. As Jesus became our sin, he was condemned to not only bear our sin, but also the curse that came with the sin. He had no covering from this curse. He had no advocate to go before the Father, no propitiation, no scapegoat, no sacrifice. He had to bear at all. And if Elohim is to remain all holy, all just, and almighty, he will not and cannot spare him until the ransom is paid in full. Never before had anything come between the son and his father, but now the sin of the whole world had come between them, and he was caught in this dreadful vortex of the curse. Elohim, the judge of all the earth, could condone nothing and could not spare even his own son. Jesus, hanging in a place where no man has ever been, endured at one tiny point in space and in one tiny moment of all time, all that sin deserved. The curse in unmitigated concentration. This went on for three hours. As this was growing and as, as he was in this position. Between the time that he cried out, my God, my God, why have thou for, forsaken me? And then his next words. I want you to understand the depth of what was going on at this moment. He felt forsaken. What is the message from the father to you? He knows the feeling of abandonment. He knows the feeling of rejection. He knows the feeling of everything that you have ever walked through. Hebrews says that since we have such a great high priest who has gone through the heavenlies, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firm to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is not unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one that has been tempted in every single way. The message is you are not allowed to say to God, you don't know how it feels. For the father in heaven would look down to you and say, I know exactly what you're up against. I know exactly what you feel right now. I know it, I know it, I know it, and I am with you through it. That's the message of the Father. So after a while, at about three o'clock in the afternoon, he has rejected every bit of drink offered him He's been breathing through his mouth. He's been bleeding slowly, pushing himself up and breathing and and enduring and, and dealing with all of this. And finally he pushes up and Jesus cries out, I thirst. And with that, the soldiers run and they grab a sponge and they, they find some wine vinegar, which is actually, was, I found it very interesting that, that that drink that they gave him was kind of the basic drink that the soldiers would take with them whenever they were going to go do work, when they were going to be at a crucifixion. It's kind of like their Gatorade, put it that way. So they get some and they raise it up to him. And he takes a little sip because he needed, he needed to, to moisten his mouth for him to be able to utter these next words. And at that point, he cries out in a loud voice, it is finished. All of what he had to bear, all that he was doing, holding that curse and bearing through it for the sins of the world, for your sin and for my sin. There came a point in time, the Bible says, when his time came to completion, he cried out, it Is finished people those three words are three words that most of humanity and Christianity have the hardest time with because we feel like we still got to do stuff we still got to be good enough we still got to perform we still got to pay for our sins. We still got to. We still got to. We still got to. But I will tell you, Jesus declared, it is finished. There's nothing more you could do. There's nothing more you could say. There's no better way you could be. There's no better thing you could be. You can't get any cleaner. You can't get any better. You can't get any more finished than that moment when he bore all of it and fulfilled it all. It is Finished. Then, suddenly it was over. The sacrifice was complete. The curtain that stood between the Holy of Holies, the very presence of God, and the rest of humanity, tore from the top to the bottom. It was a two-curtain issue. It had two curtains there, and each curtain was five inches thick. It was 30 feet deep and 60 feet wide. This thing was huge. It doesn't just rip people. The Holy Spirit came down and ripped that thing apart, and he said, now... Now my presence is open for you to come and go as you please for your sin and your curse has been taken upon my son and he has borne it for you. Come on in, he said. Come in, come deep, come close to my heart. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. He's not... Don't misunderstand him. Don't. Hear his message. He is not a God going, Ugh. he's not a God going, uh uh-uh. uh. He is not a God. No, he tore that thing open and he said, Come, come to me, come to me, come to me. Come into my holy of holies. Come into my heart, come close. That's the heart of God. And finally, finally, he cries out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. No longer is it Elohim. No longer is it holy, just God, judge of the universe now. It's daddy, daddy God, I love you. Trust, complete trust. How many of us, when we go through hard times, the first thing we want to do is blame him? This is a, this is a, a scripture out of Psalms, and it's, the, it's the, the verse that mamas taught their children to pray every night before they go to bed. Abba, into your hands I commit my spirit for every night that they would go to sleep. It's kind of like a now I lay me down to sleep prayer of every Hebrew child. And when he uttered those words on the cross, after all of the gruesome suffering, every Jew standing around knew what he was doing. It's a precious, precious statement that says, God, I trust you. And I want you inside of me. Father, into, my, into your hands I commit my spirit. And he passed away. That was the end. He breathed his last. Joseph of Arimathea came and took him down off the cross and placed him in a tomb that night. Because it was getting, it was Friday and they had to prepare for the Sabbath. By six o'clock that night they had to be done because they had to go home and rest. They had to honor the Sabbath. So they put him in the tomb and, and the, the Jews, the, San, the high priests all were afraid somebody would come steal his body. So they put, posted centurions there by the tomb and put a seal on it so nobody would bother the, the body and that everything would be fine. And all was the same through the Sabbath, all Saturday, mourning, crying, missing, then The next morning, everybody say Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Sunday morning. morning. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat upon it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. I think I would too. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly and tell his disciples, for he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. Sunday morning came, people, and I know that's a good sermon, too. I'd love the band to come on up. The heart of God through Jesus the word tells us how much his heart is for forgiveness, for reconciliation, that there's two destinations, there's two types of people that walk the face of the planet, that people and individuals matter deeply to him, and that he understands your struggle. And today I would say to you on this Easter morning, what is Jesus to you? What is he to you? Is he your friend? Do you communicate with him daily? Do you hear his word? Do you read his word? Or is he becoming a little bit of a stranger to you? Someone that that you're a little suspicious of. Someone you're not quite so understanding of. I would say today that on this Easter morning, this would be the day that you open up that line of communication and that you accept him, that you become the one, like the criminal on this side of the cross, that you would yield yourself to him. If you do, I have a word for you out of Romans, Romans 8 verse 1. After hearing all of that, if you are willing to yield your life to him, Hebrews 8.1 says that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No longer will you have guilt. No longer will you feel like you have failed. No longer is that there because Jesus bore all that during those three hours hanging on the cross in the darkness. Can you accept that? Amen. For there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ the, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. When Jesus went into that grave, the perfect one, he, death could not hold him, death could not grasp him, it had no claim on his life because he had lived his life as God Almighty and a man in walking in him. Death was like, come on, come on. And Jesus was like, uh-uh, No way. You cannot hold on to me. I am rising again. And he came out of that grave. And the same resurrection power of righteousness and holiness that is inside and worked inside of Jesus. Now wants to work inside of you as you accept him into your life. That's your life. That's you, people of God. And if that's not you, then I would ask that today would become that day. That today would be that day. That you would yield your life to Him. Amen. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Amen. Let's all bow our eye, bow our heads and close our eyes. I knew that was going to happen to me today. I've been getting my words all mixed up. It's like, Jesus, keep them all straight for this sermon if this is convicting you, if you are feeling the tug of the love of the Father today, if you have been walking far from Him and you want to join Him, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now that you would search this room. Search this room for hearts that are yielding to you right now, that are lifting up their hearts to you and saying, take me, take me, take me, take me. I can't do it. Take me. Across this room Jesus name if that's you raise your hand just very quickly I'd love to pray with you afterwards hallelujah take me take me I see that I see you thank you Jesus thank you Lord hallelujah hallelujah we've got some some people here tonight today that are gonna be baptized I want to dismiss them the rest of you let's all stand and let's worship the baptismal candidates are getting ready going to come up and while they do so, I want to invite my husband to come up and and those that are going to be helping with baptism come get in place but before this all happens, I want us to sing this song again. I want us to sing and just worship him, and then we have such a fun time of watching people be baptized Now when people are baptized, the Bible says they go down into the earth just like Jesus did. When they go in the water, they die. They die to their own way. And when they come back up, they come back up with the resurrection power of Jesus inside of them to live their life for the Lord. Amen.
2: Let's all sing this song. I went down to the Crimson River, left my bird. I want to hear it. Yes, he was me in his mercy, and he cleansed me with his blood. Now I stand complete. I have been set free. I found life there. Come on. I want to hear it.
1: Let's hear it. Hallelujah. Not the same. Not the same.
2: I am Changed. changed. Jesus. Yes, even you. Yes, you are.
1: out of you even now. now.
0: Chapter 6, real quick, while Devin's coming out and getting in the water, and then I'm gonna read his testimony blog real quick. Uh, Romans Chapter 6. Don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, we were therefore buried with them through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. And it's a resurrected life. Amen. We're, we're going to pray over Devin. Let me read this to you. They're praying over him right now as well. But we're going to pray over him. You're going to stretch your hands toward Devin in just a moment. Here's what he says. I've been seeking wisdom and learning about God for the last year and a half. I'm so blessed that I've found God here at New Horizon. Thank you, Jesus, for breaking the cycle of non-belief within my family line through me. Come on, stretch your hands forward and pray over Devin. Oh, yeah, Lord, we thank you for Devin right now. We thank you for a set-free life. We thank you for resurrection. We thank you that these waters are a burial for him, that he comes up as a new creation. We thank you for what you're doing. Come on, just raise your voice. Raise your voice. Raise your voice. not the
2: same. I am changed. By the, blood of the By His grace i am I'm His child
0: forever I am. Oh. oh yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on Give Him another hand Isn't that exciting? Hallelujah He's available for hugs if anybody needs one right now New, yeah. All right, this is Darian, and uh, she's with us today. Come on, come on, come on, give her a hand. Death and resurrection, death and resurrection. This is what she says. I started out knowing my children needed God, but soon realized that I too needed and wanted God in all of our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for sacrificing your life for both my children and myself. Come on, lift your hands toward Darian this morning. Let's pray over her. As they're praying, we're going to be praying too. Lift your voice over her. Lord, we just shout victory over Darian. We shout love. We shout grace. We shout salvation. Lord, we shout family over Darian this morning. Her family's expanded and we receive her into our family, Lord. We we just declare your goodness over her. We thank you for the breakthroughs of salvation right now. That she's going into those waters and coming out free. Coming out, coming out free, coming out. Lord, we know that this is a transaction in the heavenlies, that you honor this transaction, that this really is a death and a resurrection. And we just shout the grace of resurrection over her this morning. We thank you for it, Lord. I grew up in a Christian household, but I didn't know who God really was. Later, I got even further from him, and I got surrounded with worldly influences in my teenage years, until last year in August, when Jesus showed up in the middle of the road to my destruction and showed me the path to life. The moment I surrendered all fleshly, tethering, evaporated, revealing my passion for my heavenly Father who now lives in and through me. Woo! Now, this guy is the real deal. This is, he is such a real deal, and he's got such a passion for the Lord. And this is such a, a rich, a rich thing to have him baptized in our midst this morning and just giving himself fully and, and, and this is, you know, this is a Revelation 12:11 thing in so many ways. It's, you know, this is the word of our testimony right here in front of many witnesses that we declare, that we declare that our lives are devoted to Jesus. Amen. Stretch your hands forward. Let's pray over our this morning. Oh, we're so glad for this young man. We're so glad for the mark of God on his life. We're so glad you pursued him, you chased him down, you loved him, you honored the prayers of his parents, that that your word was made alive to him, Lord. We're just so glad that this is a furtherance of freedom for him, Lord, that that this is a legal and something observed in the heavenlies now, That, that, that he has experienced death and resurrection, Oh, we give you the praise for it today in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Not
2: the same. I am changed. changed. Redeemed by, by the Lord.
1: message to you is Jesus and he says loud and clear how much he loves you and the strength that he has. Amen? Go forth today. Have a blast the rest of your Easter and do not forget what the Lord did that those many years ago. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah.
2: Not the same I am changed
0: Redeemed by the blood